What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. And before we get started, just want to give a huge shout out to Coop over at Chin Music. Again, guys, go check them out. Customizable bat knob decals, wood bats, metal bats, wiffle ball bats, whatever you guys want. He's got it for you guys and super awesome products. But um, Joe, who do we got on the pod today, my good sir? Guys, I'm I was really pumped to record this last episode. Um we had Kobe Allen uh, on the podcast um, and Kobe, Kobe has an interesting story. You'll kind of hear it for yourself, but you know, he didn't exactly have the, the best college baseball experience. Um, and honestly, we kind of just wanted to keep it real with you guys of, you know, you know, this process isn't easy. It's, it's not all positive. You know, it's, it's not, you know, guys, a lot of guys achieve their dreams of playing college ball and have a great time. And, you know, some guys don't. Um, but the best part about Kobe's story is simply the fact that, you know, he, he learned a ton from his, his college experience. Um, and he learned that he, he did love baseball. Um, and he, he loved it <clears throat> and he loved to coach. Um, so we get into that. We get into his time at um, coaching and, and running the California Warriors which is a travel team, summer team in, in the Bay Area. And now with his new job with the Twins, um, you'll get to hear him talk about it all. Really interesting interview, guys. Um, and, and we really hope you enjoy it. Um, again, let us know if you have any questions. Hit us up on IG, um, on Twitter, email us, uh, and, and check out the last couple of blogs we've done. Um, you know, we've, gotten, we've been getting a lot of good responses about that. Um, uh, I think that's it, Jared. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go. Kobe, thanks so much for coming on, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, man. Um, we'll, we'll start with your story and then obviously get into to Cali Warriors stuff and your stuff with the Twins. But, you know, um, you went to Reardon High School in San Francisco. Um you know, giving people a brief outline. You went to Ridden High School in San Francisco, then went to UOP, and then transferred to to Cal State Monterey Bay. Um, but as you described off air, not necessarily the the best years of your life. Um, but kind of just how how did it all start for you? Um, and then how did you choose UOP? That's a good question. Well, first of all, I would like to start off like baseball is a humbling sport and it teaches you a lot of things. So I'm like pretty appreciative of my journey. But uh, so how I ended up at UOP, actually pretty interesting story. So, uh, you know, I went to Reardon, which is, you know, not the top of the ladder of the WCAL, but uh, you know, I, did, I did okay. And then uh, <laughs> I played travel ball with the California Warriors and I had a really stacked team. I mean, we had like goats like Marcus Chu and Casey Wallace, like straight mm-hmm. ballers on that team. And uh, I just played really well with them in the summer. And that's really like where I got my little bit of college, to be honest. Um, cause just written just wasn't like high enough on the standards for coaches to really look at my school. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then I just played pretty well in the summer and then I went to like showcases with all my top lists, like Pepperdine, um, UOP, like I went to go WCC cause that was like my range. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Noah Jackson and Mike New actually became the coach at Pacific my junior year of high school. And, um, I had been playing with Noah's team 
because he like founded the California Warriors, and then he was actually our coach when uh, college coaches were allowed to coach travel ball back in the day. Those were the good times. He was uh he was my first coach for that travel ball team, and so uh, we just had a really good relationship. And then also I knew new because I used to go like to the seventh and eighth grade camps at Cal, and he mm. would run them. So he knew me at that time too. And then um, I started playing pretty good my junior um, year and my senior year had a good year. And then I got hurt. Um, I got in like a car accident, cousin. And then um, like all my offers fell off the boat. And then Noah was just like, do you want to try Pacific? And I was just like, all right, I'll just jump in with two feet. It's my, it's my only offer. So I just jumped in with two feet. And I went to Pacific. Yeah. To be honest, that's how I got there. Yeah. And and we were we were talking off air, um, uh, but Coach Jackson ended up uh, leaving after you had gotten there. Um, yeah, and you didn't have the greatest time at UOP. Um, do you think, apart from uh, the coaching change, do you think just because you didn't have much experience with that program or that school or that area and just kind of jumping in, do you think it was just a combination of everything that kind of fell through at UOP? Yeah, that and uh, also playing bad too. Um, so like, <laughs> my freshman year was it was pretty fine. Like, um, you know, when you're a freshman, you pinch run and you learn all the steps. You learn how to be a college baseball player, and um, I went through all that. And then I played summer ball for the Ventura County Pirates, and I balled out. Bat like three sixty one. Was eating. Um, had a, like really good summer, and I came back to Pacific with a new coach, and you know I thought I was gonna do well. And I actually had a pretty good fall, but then um, season came along, and I it was just I just played horrible. I think I went like one for one for seventeen, maybe it was like bad, bad, bad start. Then I got a concussion, and then I just never played again. And it was just it was just a tough time for me because I had to like face adversity because I was I was playing horrible. Like you know, it was like one of the first times in my life that I was playing like ex- really really bad. Like, and so I had to become a man really and dig deep and like understand that like wow like if you play bad at baseball like this could this is your chance like like you could not be on the team next year like you could you have to figure some stuff out and um actually that's when I like contacted the Warriors and was like hey like can I coach can I work there because I just needed something to like bring me back to baseball to find my love again to be honest because I was just having such a rough time and couldn't find myself and then um then I started coaching for the Warriors, and then um, my friends from Summer Ball, actually, they would always text me, like, hey, man, like, you should go to Monterey Bay. Like, it's a really good school. We love playing here. And so then I just shot my shot, emailed the coach. It's like, hey, this is what I did. Uh, I played with um, this guy and this guy, and, uh, you know, you should ask DeAndre Sanchez about me. Uh, and then he called me back. He's like, hey, you want to come visit the campus? And I went on my visit. I was like, oh, wow, this school is really nice. It's a good price. Um, state school, you know, beautiful on campus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'll go here. And then I thought I was going to, you know, be a starter because I'm coming from a D1 to a D2. And, you know, I thought I was going to be the bad boy on the team, you know, balling out. And I get there. And my first year, I had to sit out because um, we had, had a stacked outfield mm-hmm. already, three returners and a transfer from BYU. That was really good. And so I sat out my first year I transferred and then I came back the next year and I was going to play a lot. And then I tore my shoulder, uh, the game, the, like the last preseason game before season started. And then, um, yeah, that's pretty much my college baseball story. Just a lot of, 
lot of adversity, a lot of hard times because you just, you know, you just put in so much work, you, you, you work out, you train with your team, you can, you log in all these hours and then and you just don't perform well. It's like, it can be really detrimental to your mental health, but you know, I found things I love and I learned from that. Like I really love coaching. I love working with the kids, you know, and then that's how I found my love for baseball again, to be honest. Yeah, Kobe, I mean, I could speak for Jared. We really appreciate you, you sharing that, right? Um, and, and we obviously talked before this, before recording this, but, you know, the fact of the matter is this process is in all positivity and, you know, sunshine and roses. It isn't great for everyone. It can be really tough for guys. Um, and, and I do think it's important for people to see that because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not supposed to be easy. Like this process isn't supposed to be easy. And I think that's one of the big reasons Jared and I wanted to do this was because we've seen people who are really unhappy um, um, with their choices, with wherever they're going at. Um, so again, really appreciate that, that you're coming on and, and sharing this with us. But, but as you said at kind of the end of that statement of, you know, sometimes you might not always know why stuff's happening at that particular point, but then you look back on it and you're like, man, like I've learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something, I mean, you kind of just said it, it's something that really applies to you of, you know, you learned that you love baseball, but you love to coach. Um, and so I kind of want to go into that. I want to go into warriors. Um, obviously, uh, I played with Warriors. I played with you. Was that freshman and sophomore year? Those teams were legit, by the way. Um, but what was it like getting back into into coaching and, and finding that love again and working with young people who who really looked up to you and and looked up to someone who 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 loved the game like you did? Yeah, um, I think one word describes it is selflessness. Um, that's what I had to learn. Like I was be, I was being real selfish. Like I was mad. I was mad. I wasn't performing well. I was mad that like, I, you know, I didn't have this dream of a time. Um, I didn't, I didn't like play MLB draft standards. You know, I was mad at myself. I was being selfish. And um, coaching taught me is that like kids, like I represent something and that these kids are looking up to me on, on what I experienced, whether it be good or bad, they, you know, they want to play baseball at a high level. And I really, like, I had to sit down, like, and I was like, wow, like, man, these kids think I was good. Like, they don't <laughs> even know. Like, I went one for 17. These kids think I'm good. And um, that's, like, what really showed me the beauty of the game was just that um, it's so interpersonal. Like, um, it's, you just have to be selfless. And that's how I found my love again for the game. Baseball was through these kids just – really spreading their load to me and I was like wow I, I can't live without this game so I better figure something out do you do you think it was more beneficial uh having your college experience to then go coach these kids in on on the summer team to get them to the next level to be able to almost almost shape their experience to make sure that they had the best experience possible uh yeah absolutely especially for the kids of color because i want them to know that you know when you watch when you watch on tv you know college baseball there's not that many you know kids of color 
out there. And um, I think just me coaching them and being out there and telling them my experience, what it was like to be in a locker room, you know, with one other African-American teammate, like that makes the difference to the world because now those kids are prepared for what they're going to face in college too, you know. And plus there'll be more kids of color because, you know, they're inspired, they want to play, you know, and they know that they know what they need to do. Like I'm hard on them on the grades. I'm like, you, you need to, need to do good in school man like that's really important like you can't play college if you're not smart you know if you're not doing good in school just work hard it matters or mm-hmm. like you need to be able to talk to everyone like you have to be able to be friends with everybody like you can't just send them a corner when you get to college you know you have to be interpersonal you have to be able to communicate with your teammates so you can work together as a team like all this stuff is what I'm teaching my kids when I'm coaching which makes the difference because really when you think about it kids of color like that I grew up, up with didn't really have that, have that knowledge of what it was like. So, you know, it's up to me to spread it. I was lucky enough to have cousins and stuff that played college baseball. So they spread that to me, but you know, there's a lot of kids out there that, that need that extra, that extra chatter, you know? Mm-hmm. That's huge. I mean, yeah, they need, they need to be able to see that, you know, someone like them's been able to do it before. And like, that's just motivational on its own in its own respect. Um, absolutely love that, Kobe. But let's go into your your time. Obviously, we were already talking about Warriors, but really into you know what you were doing with Warriors. You were basically were running it. Um, but I really want to get into from your perspective of the kids who make it. I don't, I don't like that phrasing. Not make it, but the kids who find the right fit for themselves. And, 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 you know, you've been around the game enough. You've been around college baseball enough to be like, hey, like that kid with that school, that's a great fit. You know, what do you see with those, those players and their families that, that allows them to, to find their fit um, for college baseball? I think it's the ability to, like, refuse to lose. Those are the kids that usually never make it. I think about Johnny Bloom. You remember Johnny? Mm-hmm, of um, course. I mean, this kid was a baller in high school. Ended up not getting the offers that he wanted, so he went to a JUCO, and he was on the bench his freshman year. And this man grinded, 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 refused to lose, and now he's the starting catcher for uh, UC Santa Barbara. So mm-hmm. I think that's the mentality that, that makes the difference, especially with the families too. Like, you can tell like when a family – cares and wants like wants their kid to play baseball rather than the family that's like oh like you know like he should play baseball because you know we have the money for him to play baseball like there's a difference you know and I think that difference is that refusing to lose because whether you're super rich or you're in the middle or you're poor and you need to earn a scholarship you have to have the same mentality is you have to refuse to lose because you're going to face adversity at some point you know I mean there's hundreds of kids that want that same spot at that same school, you know? So you just have to want it more. You have to refuse to lose. And I think that starts in the classroom. It shows like you don't have to get straight A's, but you know, you just have to show that you have some fight in you, you know, study a little bit. Um, And then it also starts at home. You can tell like the kids that care that are thankful for their families, stuff like that. I think that's awesome because I mean, Joe and I talk, have talked about it before. It's the the upper echelon uh, of players always seems to be that 
that separating factor is always that that will that drive that that refuse to uh, lose to use to use your own terms. Um, so I love how you put that. But I do I do want to ask for our listeners who who don't know or aren't familiar um, with the Cali Warriors or just summer teams in general. Can you just give us a quick a quick rundown of kind of what a summer team like the Cali Warriors does, what it could do for players um, and showcasing their talents to to other college coaches. Yeah, no problem. So the California Warriors is pretty unique because um, mm-hmm. it, it's open for all kids of all socioeconomic backgrounds. So it's ran by like um, scholarships. So like they don't ask for your taxes or anything. You just, you just submit how much you can pay. So that's why we, the Warriors have kids from all over the Bay Area, like Oakland, Castro Valley, San Francisco, you name it. Like there's a kid from there. And um, I think that's what separates it and makes the team so diverse and unique is that every kid has a chance to play. Like, it doesn't matter if your parents make a million dollars or $50,000 a year, like you're going to play on the Warriors. You're going to have that opportunity. And then um, the teams are divided by the age group. So the grades. And then there's always like two more elite teams where they just, we like pick out the kids that, you know, are like really, really dedicated to go college bound. And it's not saying that those teams are better than the regular classes team because those regular classes team have kids that have the ability to play college baseball too. But it's just, you know, every every trial ball team has like an elite squad where you can just separate where college coaches can really just look at you. Um, yeah, so. What's up, guys? Uh, Going to take a second here to talk about uh, our friends at Hyped Apparel. I just want to give a huge shout out to Zach. I know he just sent us another shipment. Uh to, Thank you, Zach. to Riley, Jared, and I, and, and we're super pumped to get it. Um, but guys, I, I mean, I got their dad hack coming. I got their Reap What You Sew shirt coming. I got their Midnight Camo shorts coming. And you know I'm fired up. All right. You know I'm fired up. Go check out Hyped Apparel. Uh, use the code in our episode description for 15% off. Um, go check Go check them out, guys. Hyped apparel. We'll get you hyped. Now back to the show. Yeah, no, I think that was perfect. I mean, you know, I worked for the Warriors. Um, I helped out Maryland and, and Colin, and and it really is unique um, because it, it's really cool to see that. I mean, it, we talk about it all the time on this podcast, or even Jared and I off the air, you know, they're – there's this huge issue in baseball with everything just becoming so much more expensive, right? You need to get the best trainers. You need to get the best strength and conditioning coach, you know, all this stuff. And it just adds up so fast. Um, But that's the beauty of warriors, right? It's, it's, it's allowing kids of of various backgrounds, no matter what the opportunity to play, uh, to play ball and play ball at a high level. I mean, um, you know, you guys are going to, the big time tournaments, you guys are competing with the best of them. Um, and, and it really is, uh, I'm super grateful for my time with the Warriors. Um, but Kobe, I, I think this is, this is a kind of a question that, you know, some listeners may have is, you know, how would you say, I guess, what's more beneficial for, for a player, I guess more in general, but, you know, think about uh, a player or family who's thinking about, okay, should I just go to showcases or 
should I play with the summer team? Like not necessarily Warriors, but just, you know, should I play with the summer team and, and go to tournaments with them or go to a showcase where I pay X amount of dollars, but I know I'm getting in front of, um, you know, so-and-so coach from UCLA or USC, whatever, whatever it may be. Yeah, that, that's a good question. Well, I feel like this question is kind of like personal, like depending on your vibe really, because I wasn't really a showcase kid. And I personally think that if I'm a college coach, I'd rather see a, t- a kid in a team atmosphere. But I do have to say that a lot of college recruitment um, comes out of individual team camps. So it's kind of, it's kind of on you. So what I would, what I would say is if you really, if you really like want to go to college, I'd pick my five or six schools and I'd be like, okay, mom or dad, like, these are the five schools that I really want to go to. Like, these are in my range. I talked to my coaches. They really think I could play at these schools and I would love to go to these five team showcases and then play the rest of the summer with your team. That, that's like my honest opinion. Just because well, so much recruitment happens at team camps. Yeah. Yeah. And Especially for like the mid, mid-major schools like Sac State and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. almost all their offers come out their team camps. So, you know. yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that, I think the best part about that is it's easily the most cost efficient way. Like hands down. Like yeah. if you, if you're thinking about, we had uh, Coach Calhoun on the podcast. I know he listens every week, so what's up, Callie? Um, but he goes, you know, if you're – I can't remember the exact quote of – but he was just like, you know, if you're casting a wide net, like, you know, it, do, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you need to define what you're looking for. And he goes, you know, like, coaches don't recruit like that. He, you know, he's looking for specific things also. But in terms of, like, if you narrow it down to a list of five to ten, ten's a little – a lot, but – but narrowing down that list of five of schools that one are realistic for your playing ability. Um, and, and, you know, you're getting in contact with these coaches and you're playing with them. It's hands down the most cost efficient way. And you'll get a great feel for, for the campus. Cause I mean, nine times out of 10, it's at their field or at a field very close to them. Yeah. And I, I think Kobe, I absolutely love that. I think like the coaches, like the travel ball coaches and the high school coaches and the families have to be honest with the kids too. Like, because you know kids have these big ideas in their head because you know they haven't experienced it yet you know some kids think they can go start at UCLA when you know they should be looking at a you know a different school you know and I think it's up to the the coaches and the parents to really be honest with the kids because it's detrimental to them if they're like have these crazy images in their head of where they should be playing when it's just not true you know and that's just part of baseball you know you, you, you might not be right for that stage yet. And if you want to get there, you know, maybe go to a JUCO, grind for a few years, and then you can end up at UCLA. And these are conversations you have to have with these kids. Well, well my question there is, because I agree, you need, you need to find someone who's going to be realistic with you, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, I know so many people who, who go through this whole process who you, you talk to their parents and they're, they're the number one recruit in the entire country um when that's just clear clearly not the case but how do we how do we bridge that gap right how do we how do we help people who may not have that that person or that coach that either one knows where their talent level's at mm-hmm. but two will be realistic with them because i mean again going back to it's like beating a dead horse but we've talked about how recruiting has become more of a business than trying to get kids to the right schools 
Um, mm-hmm. so you might not even have someone who's willing to like be like, look, like this, this program might not be right for you because you're not here yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And um, I think for me, what I would, how I would answer that question is I would ask the kid more, what do you want to do after baseball? Because there's two types of baseball players, in my opinion. There's the one baseball player that is going to grind their life away playing baseball. Like, they're going to make it to the pros. That they're going to do everything and anything. Then there's the other kid that likes baseball, but also might want to be a doctor or a veterinarian or, you know, something after baseball. And so that's one way to, like, start it off is, like, how bad do you love baseball? Like, are you a kid that you have to get to this school. You have to, you have to get to the big leagues. You have to play baseball. Or are you the kid that like, Oh, I want to go to this school because the academics are really good. And my parents are kind of pressuring me to go to this school. Like it's a big difference. So that's how I would first start that conversation. And then secondly, too, I, I look at film to be honest. I'd be like, look at your game film and look at the game field kids that are here. Like, you know, film doesn't lie. You know, numbers don't lie. Stats don't lie. Like you'll be able to see it. You know, you'll feel it. I, I, I love that because I think recruiting one starts with uh, internal, right? Internal reflection. You need to figure out what you want. Joe talked about find your five schools, find what you want. We've had so many people on here talk about they found their right fit because they clearly laid out what they wanted in a school, right? I think it's literally everyone. Like, yeah. I, like the more I think about it, it's like regardless of whether they like made a list or not, it was kind of like, well, I don't know about that school because of this reason. And like, that's as much of a, of a, like, just understanding like, Hey, like I, I'm not going to like that school because, you know, might be in cold weather, I guess that was my experience or, or so-and-so like, right. So like, even if it's not like a, Hey, I have like this, 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 and this, it's just, yeah. Hey, like, could I see myself there? Exactly. Like, it, it, I think that's, it's as simple a question as that of, could I see myself there? Like, honestly, could I see myself playing in, in Oklahoma? Could I see myself playing in, in New York in the cold? Can I see myself living there? Like stuff like that. Like that's just such an easy place. Yeah. Well, see for me, where I, I'll be honest, where I messed up when I was in high school, I did not have a list for baseball at all. I was like, this is my sport. I love it. Whatever happens, happens. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to go there. And that's what I did. And then, you know, things panned out how they panned out and I learned so much from it but I'm like I'm a kid that it's like I can't live without baseball like mm-hmm. if there's no baseball in life I can't breathe you know like I literally can't I feel like my bones hurt if, if I'm not near baseball <laughs> you know like I'm gonna find a way like in the pandemic I'm gonna be coaching I'm gonna be out mm-hmm. there near baseball like I cannot live that I'm like one of those kids and I think I think coaches can tell those kids and I feel like I can tell those kids too well, and that's why that's why we're that's why we have this podcast, right? It's yeah. it's we want to show one what's worked, but also two what hasn't worked for people. Yeah. Um, and I think being honest with yourself is is a huge aspect. But um, I do want to go back to you talked about if it was you having this conversation with a player, you would sit them down and be like, "Look, like you you show them concrete. Here's film." right? But what have, one, have you had that conversation? Like, have you actually done that? And what else have you kind of talked through other than maybe just film? Yeah, so I've had, like, conversations with a father before, 
and then with the kid because you know kid was like oh, i want to go to the pac-12 and do all this stuff and it's just like man like, you know maybe not be the best for you so you know first we called the dad had just a real conversation like hey man like your kid's great he gets great grades you know he loves baseball but you know i really just recommend that you start looking at these schools you know like these three schools are these NAIA schools because, you know, it will be a better fit for him. Like, he will actually get to play baseball because that's the goal. The goal is to play. No one's goal in baseball is to sit on the bench for four years. Like, no one wants to do that. You want to play baseball. So if you want to play, you need to go to the right schools. And that's what I told the dad. And then he had a conversation with the kid, and the kid came to practice. We sat down. We're like, man. I'm going to be real honest with you. This is what you got to do if you want to get there. And the kid was like, for sure, like, I want to play. So, you know, changed his mindset, changed his game. That's huge. I mean, because I I think kind of going off of what you're saying, like there's two types of guys. You'll see the grinder when – a kid has a reaction like you just said, Kobe, like, uh, all right, like, that's where I got to get to. Like, I'll get there. Like, that's a dude coaches want, right? Yeah. But what else are coaches asking you about and what else are they looking for, you know, when they're, when they're calling you to get to know the kid better, right? So coaches are, okay, like, they, they go watch the kid at a tournament, right? They – they um, they call the high school coach, right? And then they call you. What are they asking you? What's he like when he fails? You know? Is he, right. he going to throw his hat, helmet? Is he, is he going to throw his bat? You know? Like, what's he like when, he, when things are down bad? That's that's all coaches want to know. Because you, you just want a team of dudes that are just going to get out there. They're going to put their work in. They're going to grind. And they're going to get it done. I mean, because baseball is a game where you fail – you just literally made so that you fail more times than you succeed, right? So if I'm a coach, I want those kids that face failure front hand. That's all they want. And then also they want, you know, is he athletic, you know, what, all that stuff. But the most important part is can the kid face failure? And I think that's something I personally struggled with in my baseball career is that when I faced failure, you know, I kind of fumbled. I fumbled the bat and I had to learn from that. And, that's life. So everyone listening to that, go back 30 seconds <laughs> and re-listen to that. Um, because that also fits in our coaches series. We talked about, okay, what are you looking for? And I think every coach was like, yeah, like we're looking at the tools, but we can see the tools and it doesn't take very long to, to, to see what we need to see. But the, the questions that they ask is to the people who see him every day. Um, and see what they what they do on the field and off the field and in the classroom. So mm-hmm. if you're not spending as much time on off the field and when you're not when you're not currently performing or when you fail, I think failure is the true testament of who you really are and what you're going to show. Um, so again, if you if you weren't paying attention to what Kobe was saying, go back and listen to that again. Um, but so Kobe, you're you're no longer with the Warriors, correct? Oh, I, I I still help out, but uh, I just recently got a job with the Minnesota Twins in the diversity and inclusion department. Fires Tell us about up. that. Yeah. Tell Fires us about me that, up, baby. Yeah. So through my experiences, right, I had to, I had to find a passion for myself, and that passion for me that I discovered was 
I wanted to make kids that look like me feel like they belong in baseball. And so with that passion, that's how I ended up with the Minnesota Twins. And so my job with them right now is we're basically working on how to create a more open atmosphere for uh, kids of color and um, kids of different socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, to be welcomed into baseball. And it starts with the little kids, the third graders, the second graders, um, just reading them books, you know, like um, about Roberto Clemente and Jackie Robinson and stuff and teaching them that like, hey, like, you know, you are represented in baseball and their stories can teach you a lot. Like, you know, they faced adversity, they faced tough times and through all this, you know, it became good people. And so that's what we're doing with the little kids. And then also just, I'm trying to create like a program where the big leaguers um, come into the community and they teach like coaches of color because kids of color need to see people like them, you know? Like football coaches, basketball coaches, you know, there's a lot of coaches of color. And then in baseball, you know, this is disproportioned. And so that's like what I'm really working on. And um, that's just my college experience really fueled that for me because, you know, I just, I've played a lot of games. I, you know, went to a lot of schools and I just felt like that kids of color were a little bit underrepresented. And um, I just wanted to be that change, you know? Yeah, I I literally could not. I do not know a better person for the job. Like it, it genuinely like makes me so happy um, that you have this job, and and I'm so pumped to hear about this program. I know it's going to be a success because I know who you are. Like I, I genuinely am really pumped up for that. Um, and I mean, it's something we as a pod. I mean, I know I'm personally going to follow it. I know Jared's going to pod- follow it. The, the podcast is. And I hope everything who, who everyone who's listening is 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 gonna follow it because I mean that's that's one of the biggest issues with this game right now, right? It, it's a beautiful game, but obviously like there's still things we need to work on. Um, yeah, that's just a fact. Um, so to have someone like you who's working on that, um, it it really does make me happy. Um, but Kobe, I I mean this was a hell of an interview. Um, you know, a lot different from, from our other, other ones, but, you know, I easily top, top three episode that, that we've recorded in, in my opinion, um, just a lot of, a lot of wisdom, um, especially from experience. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've been through my personal failures. Jared has, you know, when you, when you get older, like you're going to fail, it's just a fact. Um, so, so, if I may, if I may, before I hop Absolutely. off, can I, can I tell you the three biggest things I learned from my college career? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Number one thing, or number one on the list I learned is that when you get to college, there's going to be so many different views and so many different people and that you should open, be an open book and listen. That is one thing I learned. Just be an open book and listen because when you get to college, you have kids from all over the world put into one locker room. Mm-hmm. And everyone's raised different. Everyone's taught different things. And something I had to learn was be an open book, understand, learn. That changed my life. Number two is you're going to have some tough days and you're going to have some really good days. <laughs> Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Try to find the medium. And then the I third. Say play an eight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Played Nate. Scott Laverty. And then the third thing I would say is just have fun and enjoy the experience. Because whether if you go 0 for 17, 1 for 17 like me, <laughs> or you bat 400, college is still going to be hella fun. You know, the bus rides are fun. The camaraderie is fun. Like, working out, people throwing up, that's fun. Practice <laughs> is fun. Like, all that stuff is so much fun, and I would do anything to go back to it. And then, you know, just love the game. That's it. That was awesome. Um, I'm glad you you. I'm glad we got that in um, no, because really that was perfect. That in. Um, but again, Kobe, like Joe said, this has been awesome, man. Uh, best of luck. I can't wait to to keep in touch and and see see your plan just completely blossom because I absolutely feel that it will. But thanks again for coming on, man. This has been great. Absolutely, my man. Thank you.